sermon podcasts come to you from Christ Church Cathedral in the Anglican Diocese of Fredericton in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. This is a version of a sermon delivered by the Dean of Fredericton, Jeffrey Hall, on the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, the readings for Proper 5, February 4th, 2024, entitled Acts of Prayer. Listen to podcasts by visiting the Watch and Listen tab on our website at ChristChurchCathedral.com. Search Christ Church Cathedral Fredericton podcasts on the web, or find us listed on TuneIn Radio, Apple, Google, Podchaser, or Spotify podcasts. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. cured many diseases, and he would not permit the demons to speak. He cured many diseases, cast out many demons. The whole city was gathered at the door. We don't need to look too far beyond ourselves to see the great perils with which we are threatened in the world we live in. The world can be a scary place. Living in these times is challenging. There are any number of people out there whose goal it is to get the best of us for their own gain. And I know because they call my house several times a day. They might call yours as well. And of course there's illness and disease which pops out of, out of nowhere and can suddenly take over our life. Unexpected un- unemployment, not to mention the threat of war, the price of food and heating fuel, losing electrical power for a period of time in the dead cold of winter. I think we'd like to think that we live in a fairly comfortable and safe place. But we all know that's not the reality. The world can be a scary place. And that's true of the world outside, It can also be true of the world inside. Even if we're able to win the battle over the demons that approach us from outside, those things that threaten to destroy our standard of living, maybe even steal away life itself, we also have a fight and a battle inside as well. If you're anything like me, you're in a constant struggle with yourself. And it's challenging to keep on the right track, stay focused on what is important. Make the decisions that matter for the long run and do what assures that you continue in the lifestyle to which you have become accustomed. 
inside ourselves in that place where the internal conversation takes place, there are pitfalls and valleys, right turns and left turns. The battle won or lost within ourselves has definite consequences. There's a battle with the world outside, but there's often a battle raging inside as well. And again, if you're like me, you win some and you lose some. Sometimes your own self gets the best of you and decisions are made that turn out to be not the best for us or for anyone else. We follow our own way, we take a wrong turn, make a wrong decision, yield to a temptation, step into one of those spiritual potholes that takes us down a road we find we would rather have not traveled. And so we might describe the inner spirit the battle with the demons not lurking in the shadows out there, but lurking in the shadows in here. And that is all as an introduction and to say that it would appear that the gospel today is as much about this internal battle going on inside for Jesus as it is about anything else. Jesus had just performed some miraculous acts of healing. He was being successful in the combat with the demons he was encountering as he wandered around Galilee. But early one morning, Mark says, following a tiring day of confronting illness and disease, the demons of the day... He got up early, probably before anyone else, and he went out to a deserted place. Time alone. Away from Facebook and email and telephone calls. People wanting this and demanding that all to pull together the forces inside. The battles that rage inside you and me, we can assume, were also fought by Jesus, since Jesus was fully human. Jesus fully experienced everything that we experience as human beings. And his experience we can conclude, included battling the demons inside. So what might have been the issue, do you suppose? Well, Jesus was becoming somewhat famous. Confronting evil with truth was having an effect. The sign that this was true was the miraculous healings and the recognition that he was receiving. And with word spreading about him, demand was growing. The whole city 
was gathered around outside the door. The demon speaking, speaking to Jesus may well have been the temptation to regard his ministry as an opportunity to sit back and revel in accomplishment. After all, he was getting a reputation. So Mark says he found a quiet place, a place of prayer. Time to review priorities, reset his sights on his call, perhaps evaluate the apparent success. His ministry and his call was proclamation to those who hadn't heard. Because he says later on in that passage, let us go and proclaim this to others also, for this is what I came to do. Reading this passage quickly and on the surface might give the impression that Jesus' ministry was to heal and cast out demons. But there's every indication here that once refocused, the priority is to announce that the kingdom of God was breaking through. Jesus' ministry was proclamation, telling good news. That was what the healing was really all about. The healing was a sign, and it pointed to what he was really all about. We who choose to follow him have a vocation, a calling to do that too. How tempting it is to rely on the shouts of the crowd we know rather than stretching out the hand of healing grace to the needy crowds we don't. That's an inner struggle we'll only win by being truly present in and aware of that inner space. For me, a candid conversation with God is often the only way for me to regain my center, reestablish my priorities, examine my direction, and maybe reset my compass and make the inner decisions necessary to navigate the dangerous waters with at least some success. And that place, Christians call prayer. And it might be one of the most important elements of the Christian life. Now, I think we all pray. And I say that because we're hardwired for it. But often the prayers can be partial. In order for prayer to have maximum effect, it needs to be regular, it needs to be whole, and it needs to be complete. 
And so, traditionally speaking, the church has taught that there are critical components if we are to claim with confidence that we have truly prayed according to the Christian understanding of what that means. You know, Anglican worship is found by some to be boring and repetitious. And there's a reason for that. One of the reasons is that orders of service are built to assure that each of the components of prayer are present. And what are those standard components, you might ask? Well, the traditional teaching is that prayer includes adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Acts. A-C-T-S. Whether together in community or alone in private, our prayer needs to include those elements the church has taught. Without all of them, we could ask, have we really prayed? Or have we prayed completely? One, adoration. God is good. God is the Holy and Mighty One, the Most High. God is Almighty, the One who can accomplish all things. And we express that to God in prayer, not because God needs us to tell Him, but because we need to be remembered of who He is. We need to remember who he is. We need to adore him. Adoration. Two, I overheard someone say recently, I'm a member of his church, but I don't get there as often as I should. Confession. One step in prayer is realizing our shortfalls to God. Number three, we take so much for granted it only takes an afternoon without electricity or a cold spell of weather to remind us that we so easily take so much for granted. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we need to be without something before we even realize it. Thanksgiving. Not only expressing to God our distress and our needs, but remembering to give thanks for that which we already have. Perhaps especially asking for those things not for ourselves but for others. So number four, supplication. Focusing ourselves on what we can give to others. 
unselfish prayers, asking for the other. So acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And with those, prayer becomes whole, complete, instead of fragmented and perhaps partial. And I'm not sure how we exactly go about measuring our success. There are many distractions, other things we can do. But I think winning the battle against ourselves may be the first step. Getting to worship may be a sign of some success in that regard. Being part of a community that gathers to offer prayer in completeness and to be able to remind one another of what that means. It takes effort. It's challenging. It may even be dangerous at times. What will others say? But here, we pray for those on the other side of the fence, our neighbors and our families, their well-being, the battles in which they are engaged, and that those battles are actually the right ones. The Church of England, in its contemporary form of evening prayer during the season of Epiphany and the Sundays after Epiphany this year, has included a prayer intention for the revelation of Christ to those from whom his glory is hidden. To pray for the revelation of Christ to those from whom his glory is hidden. So let us pray that our lives are effective, proclaiming of the good coming kingdom, and maybe most especially to those who have not heard. Christ Church Cathedral is located at the corner of Church and Brunswick Streets in Fredericton, New Brunswick. We're always pleased to welcome visitors and guests. For information on programs and worship times, visit ChristChurchCathedral.com. Send us a message by email at office at ChristChurchCathedral.com or contact the church office by phone Monday to Friday, 9 to 12 noon at 506-450-8500. We'd be pleased to have you visit. Thank you.